said unto them, Come ye, come ye yourselves, apart into a desert place, and rest a while. For there were many coming and doing, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. That was Mark 6, 31. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Thinking Well Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tom. What's up, Tom? What's up, Kyle? We're at camp, man. We are. We're at... Super exciting. Yeah. Timberline Baptist Encampment in Lindell, Texas. Yeah. But uh, we're not alone. We're joined by a couple of pastors. We have uh, Pastor uh, Travis Gilbert from Rogers Baptist Church and Brother Colin Hirsch from Holtz Prairie Prairie in Pickneyville. Illinois, uh, respectively. Uh, hello, gentlemen. How's it going? Hey, guys. Good to be here. Doing good. Glad to have you guys on. We uh, we always look forward to coming to camp and seeing other you know sister churches and you know have a good time of fellowship and kind of reconnect after a year. Uh, I know uh, I know Tom and I look forward to it every year. But but uh, yeah, you know we've been kind of building this up, right? We've had a few episodes where we've been talking about camp and what happens and why it's important. Uh, but we're here. We're in the middle of it. So we wanted to, uh, you know, bring you guys on and maybe talk about what it means to you. Um, you know, if you guys have any stories, but I guess I'll just kind of, kind of open it up from there. All right. Well, um, I'll start at the beginning of camp experience for me. You know, my dad got saved when I was eight years old, and that was in the fall of the year 1980. So summer of 1981. I was uh, I had just turned nine, and we were headed uh, we were headed to camp for the first time, and that was my first experience. I had no idea what that would be, and we are at a church camp and uh, around uh, all these preachers and and other Christians from other churches. You know, church was new to me, and being around other churches was really new to me, and just the whole the whole atmosphere. I mean, the the preaching and the singing, you know, that that stuff was fun. But being able to interact with with all these other folks and and play games, and I love playing softball, love playing basketball. Ball and you know all, all that was really uh, a new and exciting, but being ha- being able to be pulled away for a week and it's not like we had all kind of distractions like today's generation does, but we had all kind of distractions. We were uh, away from a week and having focused, I mean, devotions and, and lessons and preaching. It, it really had a major impact on my life, I, even as a kid. And I got to see people respond to the w- preaching of the word in ways that I hadn't before. All of it was so new to me, and just and that was my first experience. But down through the years, I mean, I, my wife was somebody that I had gone to camp with. Uh, we didn't start dating then, but you know, I knew her from camp, and just all kind of cool experiences and the working of the Lord through camp life. Awesome. Yeah, for me, camp started uh, third or fourth grade, probably. We we our church didn't go to camp. Uh, my uncle was a missionary out of the Central Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, my parents would drive us four boys down to Little Rock on a Sunday afternoon. We'd pile in their church bus with uh, Brother Eddie Zellner and all the youth from that church and go off to church camp. I think we went to uh, Robber's Cave in Wilburton, Oklahoma, and and uh, Camp Daniel Springs in Gary, Texas were the two camps that they went to over those years. Eventually, my mom and dad started taking our youth from our church. We'd pile in an old motor home and drive off to uh, Wilburton, Texas, to Robber's Cave. <laughs> you know, for me, it uh, it became, you know, you get away from all the distractions. And 
And it was a place where I knew I could meet meet with the Lord. He'd, yeah. get, he'd get my attention. And, uh, you know, as an 18-year-old kid, our, our church had stopped going to camp. Uh, and I had been in rebellion for a couple of years from the Lord. And and uh, the Lord was getting my attention. And I remember asking my mom and dad, you know, as an 18-year-old high school senior, I said, uh, would it be okay if I went to church camp? And uh, I called, uh, why can't I call his name now, from uh, Bodine Baptist Church. Brother, Brother Hawking. Brother Joe Hawking. And I said, uh, hey, our church isn't coming to camp. Would it be all right if I came? And he said, absolutely. And uh, so I loaded up my car and drove uh, the nine or ten hours down to uh, camp. And and that was where I got my heart right with the Lord. Amen. And. Uh, can I piggyback on that for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because one thing that stands out to me in camp, and Colin talking about his parents taking uh, a group from their church, is, you know, my dad, my mom and dad, my mom had just gotten right, my dad had just gotten saved in, in those early years. And so, you know, they were young Christians, uh, but they threw themselves into camp. And they were, uh, they would go to camp every day. They didn't just drop me off at camp or just send me, they would go. And they were counselors. And I got to see, I mean, you know, they were always, I mean, my mom and dad were awesome. And so I was a part of their life in a very powerful way. And they were a part of mine, obviously. But I got to see them interact with campers like I hadn't, like I'd only seen them interact with me, you know. And so they're, they're pouring themselves into these kids. And the kids were loving them. You're just, just, the, just loving being around mom and dad. Uh, and, I mean, still to this day, my dad died in January, 74 years old. And I can't tell you how many uh adults my age and a little bit younger that came through there because they knew dad and mom from camp yeah and and they they were there to pay their respects i think it just goes to show you know you you never until we get on the other side of eternity right you'll never know how many hearts you've touched yeah you know what a you know a true ministry will do um and i think that's true for this camp especially you know I was going to ask each of you how long, um, as a church, you guys have been coming. I know that, um, you know, I know Rogers has been coming forever, yeah, right? And I, I don't know, I don't know how long Holtz Prairie, but I feel like you guys have been as long as I can remember. As long as I've been coming, you yeah, guys have been, been coming. We've been coming back here now for uh, close to ten years, I guess. But uh, you know, we we've uh, we did camp uh, every year, you know, for as long as I've been involved in in ministry. Uh, you know, since 1994 at, at Holtz Prairie, uh, we, we went through a couple of church splits at one time and, and lost a lot of, a lot of young families. And we went a couple of years without going. Uh, we started back going to the youth conference at Rogers and then found our way back here. But, uh, Travis and I's, uh, our ministries really coincide with camp. We, yeah. we, uh, both started as youth pastors, uh, he was uh, working with Brother Daryl Sparks. I was working under Brother Mark Cox. And our churches uh, worked together uh, to uh, get a camp going in eastern Kentucky. Monticello, Kentucky. And, uh, you know, we started out as youth pastors uh, working together. And, you know, I can remember him uh, carrying his uh, carrying his boy into the shower on his back. And <laughs> <in> a, <cabinet, laughs> a, a little bitty guy just crawling all over him. But, uh, you yeah, know, we, we go. Our, our ministries really coincide and really. Yeah. 
really got to know each other through camp. That's right. Praise That's God. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, we. It's actually funny you say that. You know, when we were thinking of who, you know, who who are we going to approach at camp to, you know, be our guests, and um, you know, Tom suggested you, and I was like, well, you know, I'm trying to find somebody that while you know someone I can suggest, and I was like, you know, like. Travis would be perfect, and not even knowing that you guys have history and your oh, yeah. the ministries coincided, I, I had no idea. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a God thing there. But yeah, I, I think uh, you know we alluded to this, and I, we've kind of probably talked about it at length. You know, the last last podcast about camp, but um, you know, and, and you said it too. But you know, one, one of the great things about camp is removing the distractions. But it's one of the the one places you get to see annually that the Holy Spirit, you can see the Holy Spirit work. And, you know, when we're, when we're playing on stage or when, you know, I'm listening to the message, um, it, it, it really feels like the Holy Spirit is moving amongst the people. You could feel it, you could see it. And, you know, you don't, you don't see that a lot anymore. You don't, you don't see people really being broken by the Holy Spirit and Christ working in their life physically. Um, I think it's one of the things I enjoy most about Ooh. this week. Sure. And how long has Rogers been coming? Rogers has been coming. Uh, I don't know the entire history, but Rogers used to go to Daniel Springs. And then when that, when that camp and all the churches that went to that camp moved to Timberline, and I don't know what year that was, Rogers was a part of that. And we've been here ever since. I joined uh, the staff at Rogers in 2009, and you know we've been coming here since before then as well. So. Okay. But with yeah. with no interruption. Yeah. Well, Holtz Prairie was my first experience at this camp because we used to we used to live up in Southern Illinois, and Colin's like, "Well, we go to we go to youth camp down in Texas," right. and yeah. I'm like, yeah. "Wait, what?" <laughs> like, well, I well, mean, not that I hate going down to Texas because we moved up to Southern Illinois from Texas, from Texas and I was yeah. like, "Okay, cool, yeah. we can go back." That sounds like a plan, at least one, once a year. One of the things that I love about this camp, you know, well, uh, there are several things, but one is. It's a family camp. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that was my first experience um, you know, where, with a family camp. Where a yeah. husband and wife can take their vacation if they want. They can yeah. go to camp with their family, be here with their family the entire week. We have camps uh, that are available to us in Southern Illinois. Uh, most, they're, I mean, they're almost all Southern Baptist camps, which is fine, but they're all, you know, fourth through seventh graders this week. Right. You know, eighth, ninth, and or 8th through 12th next week and you know you drop your kids off and and uh you know you leave them with who knows you know as their counselors and and uh, i like the idea of being able to come to camp being able to be in the cabin with all the boys from our camp yeah or from our church and and uh being able to interact with them and 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 you know to spend a week discipling them sure it's great for and and my one of my mentors brother sparks was one of my mentors and he always would go to camp and he was a camp director we had a camp uh before before i came out to texas you know that that church and before we started going to, to kentucky for a camp that church you know had their own camp and he was the camp director and so he was always neck deep in camp and then brother thomas my other mentor i mean he, he never he never missed camp you know he, he would always be at camp he'd always be in the cabin he'd always be interacting with the kids and it, it's one of the unique opportunities Colin and I were talking about this earlier in the week it's one of the most unique and only opportunities that a church is going to have to interact with their pastor on that kind of level 
You know, I mean, yeah. we're laid yeah. back. We're, I mean, we're, we're we're sleeping in the same room. We're eating in the same room. We're, we're very goofing intimate. Off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and and, and it's good for uh, the uh, the folks in the church to be able to have that side of the pastor too on a big scale. Well, and I was going to say with it being a family camp too, one thing that I've noticed it's there's like these different levels of family, right? Because you've got yeah. the the family, the families that are in the church. That's the one level of family that's here, right? And then you've got the church family that uh-huh. is it's coming around all those families together. But then on top of that, I think what I what I see just more and more as I keep coming back to this camp is like the people, all of the churches that come to camp because it's a family camp have yeah. kind of become a family as well and i hear people tell stories about like camp and uh how long they've known each other and it's because of this camp and it's just um i mean i would have never even gotten acquainted with the lake worth folks which is where i'm a member at now if if we wouldn't have come to this camp and then once the lord moved us back down to texas like you know what we 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 know lake worth from camp why don't why don't we go over there and and take and see what's going on over there and the lord just kind of moved in that way but it's it's been it's really cool to see because of that family atmosphere how the family level just goes up to where it becomes like the whole fam, the whole camp is a family. Yeah. We, we need that church to church kind of interaction and fellowship and camp is another, if, if not one of the best vehicles to provide that where you get to interact with each other church to church. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, you, you created a network. I think yeah. Colin, I think you said that before we started, yeah. um, really cultivates that relationship. Um, and like I said, you know, we look forward to, you know, seeing you guys and you know, our other sister churches and, and fellowshipping um, and just kind of renewing that relationship every year. And, you know, you know, and honestly, we, we should probably have more events like this, right? Uh, <laughs> That's should, amazing. It's should amazing, just be how, one. amazing how close you can grow uh, to people who, who live 700 miles away. Yeah. That you only spend four days with. Right. Yeah. You know, less than that, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was just sharing with my assistant pastor and his wife this afternoon and this morning. You know, one of the things that camp has done for me is it has developed a really a nationwide network of Christian friends. Right. Uh, you know, several years ago, my son, we got a phone call that he'd fallen 40 feet off of a cliff, broken his leg and his arm, and we really didn't know what you know what to expect you know if he was even going to live and so we made i made a quick facebook post you know to pray for tyler we're headed to springfield missouri they were flying him there from fayetteville arkansas and man in the next several weeks uh, the phone calls the messages that we got uh, people that prayed for him yeah and uh, almost all of those can be traced back uh, to our our uh, relationships from church camp. Yeah. Uh, it just, uh, you know, kind of joked about uh, on the way there, I drove about 100, 120 miles an hour across Missouri, and, and uh, we drove past several state troopers who were sitting on the side of the road. And, you know, the last one that we saw, and I saw him way up ahead, and, and my wife kept saying, you're going to get pulled over? You're going to get pulled over? I said, I don't care. Maybe they'll give us an escort to the hospital. Right. <laughs> and uh, we drove past that last one. Never flashed his lights. You know, I'm doing 110 miles an hour. And and uh, she's just shaking her head. She's like, I can't believe they didn't pull you over. And I said, I said, Becky, 
half the country's praying for us. <laughs> right. They might not even see us. Yeah, it was uh, it, it, it just, you know, the relationships that you build, it's, uh, it's just incredible. They're, they're a lifetime long. Yeah. Right. They're under the umbrella of, of Christendom, right? They're brothers and sisters that you forge you're hopefully more than that multiple events a year like i just said but you know that's a great story right? you have you have a network all across the country people willing to drop everything and and you know intercede on your behalf and and, and pray for you it's it's great yeah do you think our our you know, not it's not just about us right i like to get into like some of our campers out there too do, do you think that those type of relationships are are still being forged uh I mean, I, I can go back and, you know, not have having gone to camp as a youth, but to look at some of the relationships that my kids made uh, and friendships that they made at camp and stuff like that. And they just, I don't know, they just seem like they didn't quite last or they weren't quite as, as deep as I hear, um, like you guys talk about and stuff like that. Do you think that... Um, that the kids that are here right now, do you think they're benefiting from the same thing? Or well, I mean, no, nothing's uniform, right? I right. mean, we, we can't, uh, we, we never can cover everything with the same blanket. But I know this, I've got three adult sons. They're, uh, one just turned 28 yesterday, and I got a 25-year-old and a 22, he's about to be 23. Only one of those three boys are married right now, and he married a girl he met at this camp. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. so, yeah, I do think connections yeah. are being made. And, and, uh, um, and that's, I mean, he, you know, he, um, he met her here. She, her church didn't even come to the camp, but her uncle's church did. Okay. And she came with him. It's uh, Thomas McGarity's niece. My 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 daughter-in-law's name Madison Madison Gilbert now, but Madison McGarity, and she uh, she came to camp, and you know my my son met her the first year, and they didn't start dating that year, but that's yeah. where that connection was made, that's and, cool. um, and and I know you know there's similar connections as, as well as friendships, and, and, and a good friendship, Tom, I think is not necessarily one where you see the same guy every day all the time, but where I mean I, Colin's a close friend of mine, and we don't see each other all the time. But yeah. when we see each other, we pick right back up where we left off. And th those are great friendships. Yeah. And um, events like this, and, and I'll plug our conference because that's one of those deals, I think, that is similar, not the same as, but similar to, that is necessary and helpful. And, and it, it kind of has a, a, a like function within the life of our churches. Yeah, and I'd say for myself, too, when we were up at uh, Holtz Prairie, this is, pro this is one of the places that Colin and Rich and I, like, deepened our friendship and kind of forged oh, that yeah. friendship where it we got to know each other a little bit better because we spent time with each other and um, yeah it's it, every every time we see them now and we see them periodically throughout the year actually too yeah um, it, it's it's great just to kind of pick back up and I think Rich said it the last time we saw him he's like it's just like you never left every time we see you I'm like <laughs> well that's awesome man that's how it's supposed to be I, I agree I think that's great those are some of the best friendships and, and yeah. that's how you know it's a real friendship, yeah, right, unconditional friendship. But uh, yeah, no, Travis, you know, we I'd love to, you know, at least address the mission conference as well. I think it's a uh -huh. a, a great tie in here. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. You know, we usually, you know, we, we come here and do camp, and then just a few weeks after few that, weeks, that's right, right, we're up in Garland. Um, just one of those things, right? We've just cultivated a, a a schedule of hey, we're 
you know, we're committed to doing this and, and you guys more so, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to, you know, stand up when uh, the world tells us we're not supposed to act a certain way. But um, it's great. Yeah, no, this is this is the week where stuff gets real, right? Yeah. And I was, I guess that kind of leads me to my next question. I mean, how how has uh, kind of your devotion times been going, you know, the last couple of nights? Been pretty good. We, uh, we've got a kind of a quiet group this year, uh, most of them. You always have one or two kids that want to <laughs> dominate the conversation, it seems like. But, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, most when I was a kid, it was not uncommon to see the altars flooded during the invitation at camp. Uh, I don't seem like you see that as much anymore. Um, most of the kids that uh, come to know the Lord, it uh, seems like they do that during devotions or, you know, after devotions in the cabin. It's, uh, you know, where they're talking to their pastor or their counselor. And, a lot less public. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot less public. But uh, it's good. You get the kids to interact. And we had some shared their shared their testimony last night. We talked about testimony in the message and and uh, some that volunteered to share their testimony, what God had done in their life. And it's been good. Cool. You know, I think that's an interesting comment about the invitation. I think part of that is when I first started going to camp and in those early years, I would have a similar experience too when it came to the invitation. But I was I was new to church world, even though I was a kid, but most of the people that were in the camp were very familiar with church world. And so they understood, they understand, they understood the lingo, they understood the, 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 the pattern that our kind of churches had where you had an altar call altar call and all what was expected and and i think uh, i think some of the, a lot of the kids that come to our camp they're they're not as familiar with that maybe as has been in the past so um, the idea of coming forward at the end of the service just is kind of foreign you know or if not foreign unnatural you know like what's the deal what is the deal with it and i'm not saying that i'm not saying that's either good or bad i'm just saying i think that's what is uh, uh but personally i really like the, the the opportunity to have the personal interaction with them when it comes to decision making because if when i am in here or or at the junior camp and a kid comes forward the, my first reaction is to take them away from all the uh, activity so that we can have a personal conversation um as opposed to um, the, the, the pressure of, you know, up front, but, um, uh, I've been leading in devotions, the, uh, young, the young adults. So like the youngest guy in my de devotion group is 15 and the oldest is probably, well, I mean, a couple of the, a couple of the adult men are, are in my devotion group as well. And we've been having some really open and frank conversations about followership and, and the fact that we're going to follow someone or something and who that needs to be and so i mean it, it, they've been good conversations and and very profitable uh, yeah it's great you know we we have kind of a similar story you know lake worth dorm you know we have it's interesting because there's definitely more adults than there are <laughs> campers uh, um at this point but um we always make it a point to you know ask the younger kids that were up on the, the hillside you know what they learned and get them familiar with, you know, being able to tell them what to say it and just make sure they're listening. But um, I'm always surprised, you know, there's always, you know, a few of them that are able to, you know, kind of repeat what they, 
what they learned pretty effectively and, and give the application, which is great to see. Um, and then we kind of turn it over to, you know, the youth, right, and say, hey, you know, what do you, what do you think about, you know, the little maid, right? And, and, and uh, happened with uh, name it and everything. And, uh, you know, get some, get some good conversations going. You know, it's, you know, our evangelist this year, uh, brother uh, Dave McCracken is, is phenomenal at, you know, taking a text and, and really explaining it in a way where it'll stay with you. Yeah. And, uh, and getting to the application and, and making it last. So, no, it's, it's been great. I mean, similar conversations, you know. You know, one of the things he said last night was, you know, he gave a story about um, someone who went, used to go to his church and, you know, his, her husband uh, had a fall and um, you know, long story short, um, you know, he ended up passing away, but he was able to uh, be there with him and, and try to resuscitate him. Um, and after that, he had to, you know, travel to do another camp or uh, I think it was a vacation Bible school. In just in the, the busyness of going to the hospital and being with that uh, church member um, through her loss and having to kind of pick up the pieces and, and go elsewhere, he he didn't realize that he still had the guy's blood on his hands. Oh wow! And um, the analogy was for the people in our lives that we know aren't saved, but we are too timid or scared, frightened, um, not bold enough to you know step up and and share the gospel with them and, and be a light to them in this dark world, their blood is on our hands. Yeah. And that was, you know, really a, you know, big topic of discussion last night. Like, Hey, like search yourself, you know, there's people in your life. Like scriptures are pretty clear. Their blood is on your hands. Yeah. That's cool. And, uh, yeah. It's, it's heavy. Yeah. Well, even at camp too, I, th I think it kind of hit home for some of our youth that, Hey, you are at camp, but not everybody here knows what you know. That's right. right. Like, and if you're off doing something that maybe you shouldn't be doing and they're with you, like instead of, you, you could be spending that time pointing them in the right direction. Yeah. And here instead, like you, who, who does know better, you're not leading them in the direction they should go. Like, that, is that going to be blood on your hands? And we kind of asked them that question last night. That's like, good. well, are, are, you, are you doing what you need to be doing? And yeah. I mean... And then, like, all of us adults are thinking to ourselves, well, are we doing what yeah, we're supposed to be no, doing? Like, not just the a, youth, yeah. Yeah, this is a question for us, too. That's right. Um, and you, when you think about it, like, there's so much more we could be doing, and even as adults, and we're just so many missed opportunities, I think, that uh, really don't get pulled out of this box that we keep everything in until we get in a setting like this amongst all <laughs> these other Christians, right? And everybody's looking around like, oh man, like we're all failing at this and we can all do better at this. And we, w the problem I think sometimes is we're relying on our own strength and our own courage to make sure that we can go ahead and articulate it correctly. And uh, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. One of the one of the newer Christians at our church was was talking in our in our dorm the other day about uh, how to witness to people, and I had just kind of been share share your testimony with him, and then Brother Dave kind of said it yesterday too, and how how effective just our testimony is, and I I, I would challenge uh, our listeners like if you know Christ, one of the easiest ways that you can witness is like I once was blind, that's right, now I see, and. That, that can have such an impact on somebody's life because they're like, wait a second, maybe, maybe I'm blind.
and it, it's it's so simple yeah. and we we neglect the simplicity of it so much and being in a setting like this i think really calls out because you're looking around at all these people that are struggling just like you and they're not perfect just like you and then you take that back to your church and you realize as you're looking around the church like wow they're all struggling just like me and they're all imperfect just like me um, but it, it, i think it's so important to have a setting like this where kind of every year you're getting that refresher course and how much better we can do. And you take that back to your church and you try to plug that in everywhere. Absolutely. A week where you're focused on uh, Christ and the things of Christ as opposed to other good and, and normal things is good for all of us, not just the kids. And that's what's good for, I think, for adults is the, is the week of, of focus on Christian fellowship, Christian teaching, and, and, and application of that. And a little some self-reflection in ways that we don't always afford ourselves throughout the year. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, coming away and getting away from the influence. You know, when, when we were kids, you know, you didn't have a cell phone right. and so many thing, things that uh, distractions that the kids have now, you know, but still just leaving, yeah. you know, the television, the radio and all that stuff behind back then, sure. you know, now our kids almost need a couple of days of decompression, right? you know, before, Detox, yeah. before yeah. they can really start to focus because they're like in shock that they don't have their phone in their hand or sure. whatever. Um, and, you know, per Tom's uh, question earlier about, you know, are the connection still being made amongst the young people i think maybe part of the reason if it's not being made is our kids don't know how to interact with people yeah you know they can't uh, they can't get somebody's number and shoot them a text or send them a snapchat or right. something they, I they have don't to know. talk to them face to yeah, face yeah you got to talk to that person yeah, to get yeah to personal interaction is at a low and digital interaction yeah. is at a high and so you know i think some of our kids are probably not making connections that they could just because they don't know how to interact with people right the digital age ruins the uh, the intimacy of a true relationship sometimes I, I, you look and We've got all these kids who their idea of social interaction are like, well, I, I, can, I can Snapchat them or let, let me see them and see what so-and-so is doing. Like so-and-so is standing over there. Go ask them what they're doing. Yeah. Well, you, think, you, you don't need an update on their page to go figure I out what's going on in their lives. I think some of our kids interact with the kids from other churches more after they leave and get their phones again yeah. Oh, yeah. than they do when they're standing here next to them. Right. They, you know, they get their number and, and then afterwards, you know, they, you know, cause, uh, you know, I got kids in my church that, you know, they're, they know what, uh, oh, so-and-so he's doing this now, or he's doing that now. Cause they're, they're communicating yeah. afterwards, yeah. but you don't see it too it's, much. You don't see it. It don't seem like you see it as much. The kids intermingling, you know, from one church to another. They're more intimidated with personal interaction than they are with social yeah. media interaction. Yeah. 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 It's easier to hide behind it, right? It's, it's less challenging. And, and it's it's more their comfort zone, you know. That's the thing. Uh, you, know, you know, we always talk about comfort zones, and those things are, are always changing depending on who you are and, and when you are, you know. And they're, they're much more comfortable with interacting through a device than uh, through a personal inter interaction. I mean, I mean, and I'm painting with a broad brush when I say that, but that's typical, I think. I'm curious, do, do you guys do devotions as a uh, – as a church group, is it one big devotion for the whole group, or do you guys break it down? Because uh, I'm just curious as to how y'all do it. Yeah, so it, it, kind of both. Um, we 
kind of all hurdle around in a big circle um, as much as we can with you know the bunks and stuff in there, <laughs> but um, where everybody can kind of see each other and hear. Um, so in that regard, it's all collective. Yeah. Um, but we do separate it, and you know we want to hear from the like I said earlier, the, the younger folk first, and um, you know it's a good opportunity for for us to you know who weren't up in on the hillside chapel to you know hear what they learned right we yeah. you know different kind of set of messages um and you know it's encouraging to see you know young men listen and take notes you know they're fumbling through their notes and they're you know they're trying to yeah. say stuff and um and some of it there's just i mean just some of the notes they take are better than mine yeah pretty I mean, insightful yeah um and then and then after that you know you know we're still in the circle um and then we kind of you know elevate it a little bit and we say hey you know campers um you know like i said there's a lot of adults but yeah campers was youth group members um you know what you what do you think you know do you have anything written down you know what do you think about you know brother mccracken's message tonight right um and then we you know depending on who answers and what kind of discussion we have um you know we'll go from there or it's hey you know adults you know do we have anything uh, that you wrote down or anything that you'd like to add. Um, so it, it's it's really, yeah, we don't really break into smaller groups or something like that, but... It's church-wide, but you're letting every demographic in the group yeah, kind of have a representation. Right, right. We've kind of done the same thing in our men's cabin. We, we've we always combined with whatever church, we've always shared to, we don't bring enough to yeah. fill up one side, so we share with the, another church, and we just all get together, and we do the same thing. We ask the younger kids. Now, our ladies have never done that. They've always just done devotions with yeah. our with our group, but it's always been our entire church group yeah. regardless. Well, it's cool sometimes doing it that way because – You'll, the younger kids will say something that they that they had up on the on the hill chapel, right? And then the the teens will kind of play off of that. So they're they're kind of already acting in that kind of mentor role sometimes. And to see that interaction and what we like, Kyle said, we'll usually move from the teens to the to the younger adults that are you know the college and career age, and then they'll have they'll the teens up here will say that they got the holy spirit spoke to them about a certain thing in the message and the young adults will kind of play off of that and add to it and it it kind of trickles up yeah. and but at the same time trickles back down too to where cool. everything's getting tied together and it's it, it's cool to sit around as like the the older adults in the room and just listen to all those demographics interact with each other and kind of bring each other along to a different level of understanding and even what they had heard. And, uh, and for the, even the young adults, one of them will, will have heard and focused on one thing in the message yeah. and the other one will have heard and focused on the other things. And you see kind of these little light bulbs going <laughs> off with people and it's like, oh, like, and even me sometimes I'm like, wow, I, I, I didn't even pick up on that. Like, right. that's really good. Yeah, <laughs> that or it prompts questions, right? Something that even, you know, a younger, uh, you know, your guy will say will prompt a question maybe from one of our new members or, or you know, even maybe an adult that, you know, hey, what do you mean by that? Or, okay, cool. Like, you know, what did, what did, you know, what did that mean? Um, it's a great time to, you know, from the oldest to the youngest, just to converse as a church family and, and, and really just get real with God. And, you know, we, we, we like to pull out all the stops, just get as real as possible. Cause you know, one of our, uh, I think you were talking about Sam earlier. Yeah, yeah. He's one of our new members. And I'll tell you what guys, he, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but you have like a new member come to church with his family and they're just, you know, on fire you know, pull out all the stops, pedal to the metal. Um, 
want to get right and want to just be on fire and it just no signs of slowing down. Uh, I told him yesterday, I was like, dude, like it's so like refreshing. Yeah. So powerful to see that. I told him, I was like the tenacity that you have, cause he's always, you know, he's a, he's a RV salesman. So he's very, <laughs> very upbeat kind of guy kind of have to be, but it's just who he is. He, yeah. he definitely has a spiritual gift of evangelism, which is kind of guy he is. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, dude, there's, there's people in our church. And I told him, I was like people in this room, don't have the tenacity and the courage that you do. And you're a newer Christian. And I was like, it is so powerful and uplifting to see you. And, you know, he, you know, it's a lot of questions and we're able to be there for him and, and just get some, you know, thoughts stirring about what, you know, what's being preached up here. And it's, it's just a great time for everybody to grow and see from the newest Christian, the youngest Christian that we have to the oldest saint that we have just to see every walk of life and uh, like Tom said, right? Pull different things out of the message and talk yeah. about them. I think that's, that's humans. That's kind of what tends to happen. We interpret things differently and, and uh, we have different thoughts on the application. Well, and the, the cool thing about Sam too, is like, he's got his whole family here, but this is their first time ever at church camp since, since, since him and his wife got saved. And it's just, so cool to like see them interacting with people and they're like this is like being at church all the time and we're like yeah it's like, awesome. that's so great about it <laughs> that's cool they're great we'll, we'll definitely make sure uh, next time i see you guys we'll I'll introduce you to them. yeah i'd love to Meet but they uh yeah it's it's so great to see him i'm sorry for talking about you man we just love you, we, <laughs> you, you sam challenges me all the time Real. like man <laughs> We'll have him on sometimes too, for sure. He'd be one of those guys. Um, you know, talking He'd about be testimonies. the little maid. He'd be the little maid yep. for sure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, as we kind of kind of wrap up a little bit here, I, I guess something I wanted to kind of ask you guys is, you know, the future of, you know, maybe this camp specifically Timberline, but just maybe church camp in general. I mean, where do you guys, where do you guys see it going? I know we kind of talked about you know campers or just a generation that's coming up that isn't quite as, you know, traditionally social, they're social media heavy, but they're not really, you know, talking to each other, way more introverted. Um, you know, we're, with that in mind, I mean, where do you guys see ministries like this here at Timberline going in the future? Well, tra trending, uh, f first of all, uh, you know, looking back ac across my life, the, the trend at camp has been going from more of a high school base of students to middle school. Um, you know, the, we don't have nearly the high school and college numbers that, that we did back then. It's more of a middle school thing. And I don't know why that is, but, uh, you know, and I don't know if that we need to in some ways change our, our, uh, approach because of that. Uh, but, uh, man, I hope, uh, I hope to see it continue on, you know, it's, that it's, uh, something that we'll do perpetually till the Lord comes back. It's, uh, and there's just nothing like, nothing like getting away from everything else and, and, uh, focusing on what the Lord has to say to you for a week. And, uh, I, I, I don't think you'll mind me saying this, but, uh, you know, four weeks from this Saturday, uh, my daughter's going to marry a young man that uh, we 
brought to camp a few years ago after they started dating and and uh, you know he said to me one night uh, you know I'd never heard this terminology until I started coming to church with you but he said you're always talking about people getting saved and he said and I've been here at this camp this week Everybody's talking about when they got saved or how their life's changed since they got saved. And, and uh, he said, what does that even mean? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, were it not for his interaction with all the people here at camp to, to, uh, you know, to stir that question in his mind, you know, I, I really believe that that was, uh, you know, really what, where the seed really started that's awesome. Heavy water. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, it's, uh, you know, I hope those kinds of things continue to happen, that uh, we bring kids that are unchurched and, and uh, you know, or they've come from a different background, maybe of a different church, but have never really heard the saving message of the gospel. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I pray that uh, kids that are saved come to camp and, you know, if nothing else, that they're able to, you know, I came from a smaller church in a small community and, and, uh, one of the things for me at camp was I started looking around and seeing all these of my peers who were trying to live for the Lord when I thought in a lot of ways I was the only one. That's good. You know, it was an encouragement to me to think, yeah. oh, there are, you know, there are people here that You're there not are, alone. you know, yeah. there are girls out here, out there yeah. that, you know, that, uh, would be a prospective wife to me that's trying to live for the, you know, but, those yeah, and what a better place to meet yeah, yeah. And, and, a godly uh, woman here. You know, I think uh, especially for kids from smaller churches, that's a it's a huge encouragement to them to get get somewhere like this and see how many young people there are that are trying to live for the Lord. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I think we, you know, I, I don't think the need for for camp and camp ministry is ever going to wane, you know, yeah. until the Lord returns. I mean, I think it's I think it's a powerful week of ministry. I think it, it's a and it's ex, it's an expensive week of ministry, but one of the best uses of church funds that you're going to find, especially when you're involved in a good camp. And there, I mean, there are, this is not just a week of entertainment. This is not just a week of goofing off. This is not just a, uh, a social camp with a little, uh, Jesus sprinkled in. I, I think our camp as a family camp, both tracks, the junior track and the senior track is, is well done from top to bottom. And, yeah. and, and Craig and Andrea and, and their church deserve a lot of credit for the guiding of this camp in that direction. You know, but uh, I mean, I've been in the junior chapel and I've been in here and I mean, there is fantastic teaching on the level that everybody in those respective chapels can get a hold of it. And I mean, I was, I was feverishly taking notes in the junior chapel and he's preaching to kids, you know I mean? <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. awesome stuff. He just, Luke was doing a great job and his dad before him did a fantastic job in there. So I don't think the, the need is ever going to, the, the trends, uh, I, I do think it's interesting you say that, Colin, because uh, Brother Josh Pettijohn, my music and youth guy, he's teaching the 12 and 13-year-old class. There's 51 kids in that class. It's by far wow. the largest class wow. in the camp this week, and that's the 12 and the 13-year-olds. And some of that may be going because uh, schools are so busy now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I played sports in high school, but... It, it, it's nothing like it is today. It's almost like a professional franchise now. And so um, some of the older kids, uh, I think, are already thinking about those things. Oh, whereas yeah. some of the, and, and I don't know, I, I don't have any evidence 
I don't have any scientific evidence of that. That's just I'm spitballing, but, uh, and, and, and another trend is, you know, we live in a very messed up world. And so kids are coming from very difficult backgrounds, even more so than when, you know, when I was going to campus. And so that adds a layer of difficulty to the kids you're bringing to camp and, and how you shepherd them. But I, I think we have to learn how to negotiate those things without ditching the camp model, because yeah. this is powerful. You know, we've got a high school girl, she's going into her senior year. She's a cheerleader. That's the only thing she does. Yeah. And uh, she said, I can't wait till next year. I want to go to camp. She can't said, wait till she graduates so she'll have time to go to camp. Graduate high school. <laughs> oh, wow. Cheerleading sponsor wouldn't let her, wouldn't let her wow. off the activities they had scheduled for the week. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, think, uh, I, think what, I think what you said about um, Steve was probably how we should look at camp, right? Uh, if during camp or after camp because of the influence of being at camp even one kid yeah keeps literally getting just saved. about to say yeah. this yeah yeah keeps getting saved that's 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 what we're going to do camp for absolutely there's, there's not a price too high for. yeah there's not an expense too high travel right. travel too far you know it's one if one person yeah. one life is changed forever for eternity's sake Come on. Um, it's worth it yeah Absolutely. Well, I've said this in the past, and we'll wrap it up here. But um, you know, if you're listening to this and your church, uh, you know, doesn't really offer anything like this, if you're, you know, kind of confused on what we're talking about, and you guys not really familiar with camp, um, you know, we we urge you to, you know, maybe bring it up with your pastor and ask about it. Um, you know, we would love to grow this camp if you guys are around the area. Um, I know last time I said, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas area, but. Collins and across from me right here travels about 700 miles. So maybe I can extend that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> if you're anywhere close in, you know, the Western hemisphere, come to <laughs> Timberline Baptist Camp in Lindale. No, I mean, I, I think it's worth a discussion. It truly is a great time to just get away from everything and, and get your priorities realigned and get real with God. And, and it's a great place to do it. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll throw it to Tom. Uh, just like last time when we uh, kind of did the camp intro, I would encourage you to give us your camp stories. Uh, you can email us at podcast at lakeworthbaptist.org. You can get a hold of us on social media, uh, Instagram or Facebook. It's LWBC underscore publications. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We actually got a uh, camp story from my brother that we'll have to uh, find an opportunity to share at some point once we get some more feedback and stuff. But uh, get a hold of us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have any questions, as Colin said, like everybody keeps talking about this saved and being saved and life change. <laughs> like if you got a question about that, you can get a hold of us on the same things. We, we'd love to talk to you about it. Yeah, we, we would love to interact with you and, and be a help to you in any, any way possible uh, and offer um, any answers to any questions. That's why we're here. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. We really thank appreciate you for it. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Loved it. And uh, thank you listeners for taking another plunge into the thinking well. We will see you next week. Bye, everybody.